0: Well, today's my daddy's birthday. He would have been 95. Thank God he's not 95 in heaven. Amen. I'm not sure how old he is in heaven, but he's not 95. <laughs> he might be. He's a, He's got a brand new body and, and um, just was able to meditate a little while this morning and just thank the Lord for... I put on Facebook that has a picture of me and him and Mom and Penny. And um, I said, I got a few questions I sure would love to ask you. (laughs) But I, I just said, thank you for the wisdom that you poured into me. And I got the great honor, I didn't say all this, but I'm just telling you, I got the great honor to be his son for 57 years 56 years and for him to pour into me and i'm very grateful for my heritage and um, i just honor my daddy today great man great man so yeah so and i want to give a shout out to Lori and painting with the lord how many did you have 19 saturday morning Painting with the Lord. Is that not awesome? You started with what? Three? A little less. Her and maybe two more. And, uh, that's where they started. And, and, um, and, and I knew it was growing because I, I, I stuck my head in there one or two times, and it'd be seven or eight, ten. And, but she had 19 on Saturday, and that's just awesome. And to all the small groups, um it's making a difference just stay the course stay the course i heard a little bit about gippie's small group that's that's happening right now and and um just some good things that's happening there so yeah if you're not in a small group get plugged in it's 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 a good it's a good good thing to be a part of so it's um it's just great i'm i'm proud for 19 gathering on saturday morning and sharing and um painting with the lord and you don't have to the part i love is you don't have to have no experience you don't even have to like painting you can just come and by the time it's over with you'll probably love it so but um william we love your brother love your family um it was only because your mama we let you in i'm just i'm just kidding huh it's happened a lot. I'm the same. We're in the same boat together. No, I'm very grateful for you and your family and your precious mom. And I wish I'd have been able to know your daddy. Sound like he was a, um, a kingdom man, a godly man. I know he was. Um, and um, I wish I'd have had the honor to know him. But um, I know you're carrying on what your daddy what your daddy instilled to you. And you got a lot in you that that my daddy, just like my daddy, instilled in me. So brother, come and father, bless my brothers. I've already prayed, but just pour out your spirit upon him. In Jesus name, amen. Family, welcome William. Yeah.
1: So I, um, I was given some instruction before I left home, so I'll start with that. I was, uh, I was told not to wear a blue shirt, and so I think Lila was the first one to notice that I didn't have on a blue shirt. And she said it was an Auburn shirt, but that didn't offend me. Um, I was told uh, by Ansley, and the youth can appreciate this, they said, she said, look, she said, when you get up there, she said, be vivacious like you were when we went to Ithus. Share in that manner. I said, okay, all right. Uh, and then, of course, I was told not to tell any jokes, so I won't. But I did dust my feet off when I left the house, so I may need a place to stay tonight because I was like, hey, look, guys, I'm gonna be me. Uh, I can only give you what I know. I can only share with you what I've experienced. Um, and of course, um, you know, Landon wanted to know what time I was gonna be home because I still have some work to do for me to be able to graduate in seventh grade this year. So um, I've got to proofread some stuff when I get there. So. I want to I want to set the kind of the landscape of what we're going to talk about. Um, when Rodney asked me to speak, it was of course we were talking about the well, and we're blessed to have this 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 well that sits in our our church. And there's just so much emphasis to just what the well means. And very grateful for all the things that are posted for us to look and dive deeper into the details of what the well is and where we see that on Facebook. Um, so. The well, for me, is, of course, that, you know, it's, it's living water, right? And, and the presence of living water is what flows from this place into us. So I'll, I'll say this like I've heard a, a gentleman that I know was a minister. He used to say, I'm not going to be long on my time, right? And I'm not, but I'm going to be intentional with our time tonight so that we receive of God's Word and we apply it into our lives. So before we jump into this, uh, I just want to pray, if you don't mind. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all the blessings you've given to each and every one of us. We ask that you come into this place with us as we receive of your word and let it be impactful. Let it come across as intentional to change us so that we can take it and apply it into our lives. We thank you for everything that you've done for us and the things to come. We have a great expectation that through us great things will manifest and we'll be able to be an influence to those that are around us. Be the light that you've called us to be and changing those that are around us, but letting us first and foremost be changed by what you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So on the ride over, as we were getting out of the vehicle, I was also asked by mom, and yes, I probably wouldn't be able to go into certain places if it wasn't for my mom, and prayer, of course, is a factor of that, and Rodney, she prays for you, but you want to bet she prays for me, and and she said something to my child the other day It was hilarious, and I was like, uh-oh. I said, that might mean I'm in trouble, she, uh, Landon ask her something, and he, she, said, she said, only God can fix that in, in your, in your day. <laughs> and I said, oh, God. I said, I better, I better tighten up. I want to start with just this one scripture. I didn't give my, my scriptures, but it, it's Romans 12, and I'm just going to kind of quote it. And it kind of coincides with some of the things I felt like Rodney was talking about to us on Sunday. It says, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God, right? It's like, hey, hearken to this, listen. And I want to dive into just one piece of that, and you can take your notes and follow up on this and maybe re- may unpack this when you get home. But Romans 12 says, Be not conformed to this world, right? But be transformed by the renewing mind that you may prove what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. It's the same thing I told the youth when we were there at youth camp, is we have an opportunity each and every day to either follow the path of what the, what the world has for us and walk through some challenges and circumstances that the world wants us to fall into, though. Into that. Or we can follow what God's word says and, and live a life of peace, live a life of, of, of service, live a life of confidence in knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. So the emphasis tonight is I, when I set this landscape, I want us to focus on the word generosity. All right? We've got to be people that are acting in a manner of generosity. And generosity, uh, of course, in our giving is based on. Our hearts, right? So when we, we make wealth, we make prosperity manifest. God takes what we give him and makes so much more out of it. And I know without a doubt, you know, Rodney shared this one Sunday where I wasn't able to stay for the entire service. I got real excited about the fact that that's never probably going to leave here. It might, it might not. But the, the purpose of that is that that continues to flow out of us into others that continues to flow out of us and make a an impact in our community, an impact in in our lives. I'm going to tell you some stories about things that that I've experienced in my life when it comes to giving. Um, and and I know I know we've said this, and you know I I was like, well, wow, I've got a I've got to talk about this after um, you know what Caleb spoke on a few a few Sundays ago, and I was like, wow, this is. I was like, I was crushed just to hear him speak and. And share his heart in that. I want to talk just for a moment about the term Jehovah Jireh. And, and we know Abraham referenced that. And is, he, he said this. And we need to live this. We need to know this. Because I think we've heard this from, from our pastor so many times. That we are the ones that limit God. We're the ones that hold back the flow. We're the ones that create the, the, the constriction of what God says if you trust me, I'll open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing, and you shall not have room enough to receive it. And you know, that's, that's, that's a scary thing. And you want to talk about stepping out there and saying, you're, you're, I'm going to do it. So I'm going to tell the first story, and this is a Tommy Carson story, and you'll know he's truly a kingdom man after this story. He stood up in front of a congregation of people and said, I dare you to give. I dare you to give what God tells you to give. And if you can't pay your bills, I'll pay them for you. My mother probably almost fainted. She's like, Tommy, we're we're, we're paying our bills. We're not paying everybody else's bills. And so a person in the church, a a member of the church, and and, and let me me put emphasis on that for a minute. This individual was a member of our church. And and I don't don't think we need to be members of the church, and I'm not trying to run anybody off. I think we need to be be members of the kingdom of God. And we've got to have God-like principles acting here on earth. And so this woman, and I'm not it's nothing against it's just who she was, she said, "Fine, I'm going to prove Tommy Carston's wrong." So she positioned herself to give into the offering what God had ordained for her to give, called her into, it says, you know, if if, if he tells you to do it, do it, right? So she did it. She learned a lesson. That we all have to understand, and some of us will experience it, some of us won't Some of us will, will live with our lives, with our hands tied like this and not give up on what we believe is our source. She said, "I'm going to prove Tommy Carson's wrong, and I'm going to give just like he said." Well guess what? She was unable to outgive God. <laughs> she was unable to she was unable to prove God's precepts to be wrong. She remodeled her house. She got a swimming pool, and, and I, none of that, just don't, don't read into that and go down a trail that goes, that's not what God's for. She found a peace that passed us all understanding that she didn't have when she began to action this, and she came and she confessed, she was intentional with, with her challenges, and said, I did this on purpose to prove you wrong. And he said, okay, he said, that's fine, he said, she said, I was just waiting for the the weekend to come over and tell you, Hey, I can't pay my bills. I need you to write me a check for my house payment. I can't pay my bills because I need I need you to write a check for for this bill that I've got. I, I, I can't do it. That's not me. No. Moving on. So she finally came to the realization she had to ask God to forgive her, and God, God blessed her socks off. But she had to come to the realization that what the Word of God says, you have to apply. There's plenty of scriptures in the Bible that we read over. We love them, but we don't apply them. We love to use them in judgment. We love to measure somebody else against them. We love to evaluate. We had a person one time, I remember this, I said, and I, and I don't like this, and, and, and I'm, just being, I'm just being real transparent with you. Uh, they said, we, we have to pay our tithes. No, you don't. No. Giving to God is not a bill. Amen. Giving to God and what we say, and we hear, we hear Lonnie say it too, it's this, it's a, you've got to do this with an intention that you're giving it with generosity and you're giving it with, with purpose to say, you know what, I am a cheerful giver, right? We've got to live with our, with our hands open, Right? we got to live with the fact that says, you know what? I'm just a vessel. God's just trying to flow it through me. And I'll tell you this, and and, and I I struggle with this, and just being real transparent and open with you. I love a cushion, right? I love to look in the savings account and go, yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah, you know, we might be able to go out to eat this weekend. We go out to eat every weekend. Anyway, because I was thinking about the, the principles of what you were saying, about the the loaves and the fishes. And and I I really appreciate the fact that that when we look at economics, right, and every one of us should look at economics, we should look at our own economics, but we should also focus on the fact that those economics don't apply to us because we're looking at heavenly economics. And I believe that trickle-down economics came from God, right? Amen? For all of you that are somewhat political, but hey, trickle-down economics definitely comes from heaven. Because he says he'll pour out, he'll pour out, right? Where's that pouring come from? It comes from heaven. Into us, so when we think about this principle, I love that we have people among us and we have people within our lives that are numbers people. Because if I wrote down what I make, what I spent, better, better yet, what my family spends, because I'm the one that saves, what is spent out of what we make, uh, people would tell me something's got it, something's wrong, something's broken. I'm like, nothing's broken. You can't outgive God. You, you, you try it, I dare you. Yeah, I dare you. Yeah, and Lonnie will pay your bills. He said it, he told me. So, because <laughs> if he wants us to pay his, he's got to pay ours, right? There you go. You can't outgive God. And, and in generosity, you look at it and you say, well, you know what, God's, God's not asking much of us. And we're looking at it from, and I'll tell you, money is talked about in the Bible uh, somewhere around 800 to 2,000 different ways. Uh, some of it's about, you know, um, some of it's about basically the finances. And, and God is not ashamed to tell us that, hey, I put you into a position and a place, you make preparation for your family. You create the inheritance. You create the wealth. You create this. Carrie and I were very young in our marriage. Um, no children. So we had plenty of money, right? And we... Um, we had this surplus that had bubbled up. And at that time, I've shared this with some of you. um, Some of you uh, will remember the era of what's called dot com, when all these companies were popping up and people were becoming millionaires overnight, right? It happened. Um, And so I'd looked into some of this stuff and you know, having a little bit of a background of of IT and and different things, and and also in, in financials, I said, this might not be a bad idea. We might be able to make a quick quick run at it and draw money out and, you know, be wealthy and go ahead and retire in Florida. And so we sat down, and we talked about it. And she said, we're going to trust God in whatever, whatever he directs us and guides us to do. And that's what we're going to follow. And I said, okay. I said, well, I'm going to believe God and, and say, God, give us direction. This is early twenties for us. And God said, I want you to give it to this ministry. And so you have to ask yourself in the flesh: Does that make more sense than putting it into an investment and watching it yield a benefit that makes you uh, wealthy? That's not that wasn't God's order. That wasn't God's path. That wasn't God's direction for us. God wanted us to do something different. God wanted us to be something different for somebody else. We're a source, right? We're not a liability. Let me make sure that sinks. And, and I like where you said, if we don't hear anything on Sunday, we're going to hear that God is good, right? Okay, if, if you don't hear anything tonight, hear this. We are a source. We are not a liability to this world, and we've got to be courageous and confident in knowing that we're not designed to follow the path and the direction of what the world says. If we do, then, then, then if we're coming in here and we're doing this, then we're being hypocrites, okay? You need to hear something real, I guess that's real. So we didn't get into the dot-com concept. We gave into this ministry. And I'll tell you, it wasn't immediate, but it manifested. It manifested into something that we still reap a harvest from today. Because we trusted God. Proverbs tells us, trust in him. Lean not into your own understanding." My finances are not something that I want to try to sit down and understand. My economics and my, my home are not something I think about and understand. We, we talked about the oil. and We talked about, and I, and I probably was the loudest one because I've been in the same position Rodney's been in where you know, people get offended when, 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 when uh, you hear a pastor say, give me your money, right? That doesn't make sense. But, but guess what? We look at it from the oil perspective. The oil never ran out because of a reason. The oil ran out. Would, would have ran out if somebody would have held tight to it and not surrendered it, right? Because it was an element of what God had already given. We hold back on something if we don't give. We hinder changing the destiny and the trajectory of somebody else's life. We think it's just us here. It's not. We've, we can't just be members of the church. We've got to be members of the body of Christ. We've got to be people that are ready to, to flow out of these doors and flow out of these, this place and be impactful to whoever we come in contact with and be prepared to give into their lives no matter what. I tell, we talk about all the time with the, the, the Iron Men, you know, for us to change a life, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to get a little bit dirty on whatever's dirty with them. You're going to have to get down there and say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get to this place with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift you up. I'm going to edify you. I'm going to have to hear some of the circumstances that I don't want to hear. I may have to, to invest a little bit of me. That's the generosity. It's not always about dropping... Dropping the money into the to the to the well, it's not all about dropping the money into the bucket. It's about what we're going to do, what God's ordained us to do. Money's a very important factor because God says, "I'll I'll make a way with that," as He did with the the fishes and the loaves. I had a man in my life, Tommy Carstens, that um, ministered at a homeless shelter. My next story. Um, these people were homeless. These people had no money. They didn't have anywhere to live. They, they were dependent on the house of mercy. He went in and sat down with Miss O.C. Harris, and he said, I'm going to start teaching today on giving and tithing. And she, and she said, okay. And he said, and I'm going to take up an offering. She said, you're going to take up an offering from homeless people? He said, yeah. And she said, just a typical pastor, just, you know, taking people's money. You know, that's the mindset, right? That's it, this was, yeah. But if he didn't take the time to teach them a seed time and harvest concept, they would have never been able to get out of their situations. Some of them didn't, but a lot, a lot of them did. And I remember him, my dad telling the story of this woman that got put in a bad situation because of a bad relationship, because not, not letting it expire. She found herself living in a uh, homeless shelter with two children and not having any hope. She was probably one of the only ones in that particular chapel that day that called on to the statement. That he said, you've got to give to receive. And she did. She gave the last of what she had. She took into consideration, probably for a split second, she told this story, not, not necessarily my dad, but she said, should I consider my children? Should I consider my circumstances? I don't even have a home. But I'm here because of this. And God's dwelling with me in my heart to say, give? Give the last of what I have? And she said, okay. She said, I'm going to trust God. And she did. And, and what manifested out of that for her was someone gave her a job. Someone gave her a place to rent. Someone gave her a car. Someone gave her an opportunity to leave a place that stabilized her, gave her a place that taught her how to give and everything. And, and when she, she, she finally came to the realization that this process of, of seed time and harvest worked, she started telling other people. And she was able to leave the house of mercy and become an independent person, taking her family out of a place where nobody ever wants to be, right? But she had to trust God, lean not into her own understanding, not be conformed to the world. The world conformity put her in the place that she was at, and it was a transformation of believing God and trusting God that he can do all things, right? Next story. Well, I got two more, so bear with me. So, and I I can read this to you out of Luke if you'd like for me to, but it's basically, I'll paraphrase where it says, you know, if God concerns Himself with... The, the flowers of the valley, right? If God considers the concerns of the birds that they're going to eat, what makes you think he don't concern himself with the things that we should not dwell on that will not add one cubic to our concern or to our abilities, right? So this man of God named Tommy Carstens used to walk around over there in his yard off of Auburn Road, and I was a little guy that, you know, just probably like every other kid wants to be around dad, wants to know what dad's doing, I'd jump up on the counter and I'd say, Mom, what's he doing out there? And I'd be up on there leaning into the sink and saying, why is he out there walking around with his head up to the sky? Daddy's acting weird. Why is he doing that? She said, leave him alone, William, he's talking to God. Leave him alone. Don't go out there, he's talking to God. Well, I was a very disobedient child. That's why Mom had to pray a lot. So should pray more for Michelle though. We'll leave that alone. Have another sermon on that later. So I go out there and I get like some, some kids do. They start mimicking dad. So I do this. Looking around. And all of a sudden this large flock of birds fly by. I look at it and I say, yep. Guess we're going to eat tonight. And he looked at me and said, what, what do you mean? I said, well, if God feeds him, he's going to feed us. And it was just a moment that Daddy had where whatever he was praying for was manifested, and, and what he was praying to manifest came true. And I, I'll, tell, I'll tell the guys that prayed for me today that when, when, when God puts something on your heart, isn't it interesting how he brings somebody into your presence to reaffirm what he's put into your heart? It's happened tonight. It's happened tonight for me. It happened for my dad that very moment. We've heard it before, out of mouths bathed, you know. But the thing is, I'll say this to parents. I'll say this to all of us as adults. We've got to example what God's blessings look like by how we give. We've got to example on what God's blessings and what God's imputed into us on how we action those blessings into this world. How we are not a liability, but we're a source to bring people to the light, to bring people to God, to bring people to a place where if they're broken, this is where they need to be. If if they're if they're at a place of desperation, you know, in just a short period of time, this week, just just in the last few days, I've, I've heard of two different people ending it, ending their lives. That's where Satan comes to steal and to destroy. Because if he can steal from us what God has put into us, then we lose hope. That's why it's so very important that we stay edified and built up. How do we do that? By loving one another. By edifying one another. By being generous in our giving to one another. Not holding back on what God says, but giving it away. I know without a doubt... That, it, that there's been plenty of times where I look at the economics, when I look at the checking account, and God leans and says, do this. And I go, yeah, my flesh says if I do that, then we're going to have a deficit. And then I want to go and go through the analysis and the debate of the economics and do my math and go, I gave my tithe. I've been generous in my time. I've been the parent I'm supposed to be. I might even have been the son I was supposed to be. Um, are you sure, God, that's, I'm not just getting emotional? Because I can get emotional sometimes in, in what I'm supposed to be doing. God, is this you? I'm supposed to do this. But you know what this is going to look like on paper if I do this. He said, do it. It always works out. If I hold that, if, if, and I'll say this, and I'll say this to you as well. If somebody comes up to you, I'm going to use Lonnie. If Lonnie comes up to you and hands you $1,000, take it. Because if you don't, you're holding back his blessing. You're clogging up his well. You're, you're hindering what God's trying to flow through him. Because what if that's just the small portion? What if God said, do, told him to do that numerous times? And you say, oh, that's, that's not for me. Well, you can, do, you can be grudgingly in that in the same manner you can in your giving. You don't pay your tithes, you give your tithes. You give it with a, with, a, with a blessing. You give beyond your tithes and you'll see a blessing. You'll see an abundance of blessings. You'll see something that the world can't see, which is peace that passes all understanding. You'll see what the people that you work with can't comprehend. I told some people one time how, how, how I give. Every time we get paid, the first check that is written is in tithes and offering. In the memo, wherever these checks are cashed, someone looks at it and goes, why does this person write that in the memo? It says God's way. Because I have to put that down intentionally because if I don't, then it's going to turn out becoming something else. If I hold back to it and say, well, if I don't, if, you know, I probably shouldn't do that because, we, you know, we've got a lot of expenses coming up. Um, this summer. We do. I've already got that in my head. But I'm not sitting worrying about it. Um, we, we've got a lot of things we want to do and accomplish. But if God says, take that, that is your surplus, and give it all away, I've got to get excited about it, I'm not nervous. I've got to get excited about it and say, okay, something bigger is about to happen. God's getting ready to position me into something different. God's getting ready to position me into something greater than what I'm doing. But if I hold it, I hold back the trajectory of what God's destiny is for me. I hold back the trajectory of being able to be impactful and intentional to something else, someone else, something bigger than I am. And then I don't example what I need to example for my children. Then they don't see me going into a place going, well... And sometimes my kids do this because we're very transparent about finances and economics. Sometimes we'll go and do something. We'll make a purchase and they will go, do we have money? I'm like, yeah, we got money. Are we, are we running out of money? I'm like, no. I said it to them the other day. They said, are we running out of money? I said, no, our well will never run dry. I said, as long as we trust God and lean not in our own understanding, as long as we trust the ways of what God's purposed in our hearts as long as we follow the precepts of God and we don't go into this world with an idea that we're going to chase something that's going to just have something that's going to be uh, fashioned with with rust and decay and we stick to something that's eternal, stick to something that's purposeful, then we're going to be just fine. Last story. I can tell you the street, I can probably tell you the house. And if I if I'm wrong, I'll be told I'm wrong because my mom Tell me I was wrong. Dad was ministering to this couple that were, were living in, in a poverty neighborhood, and God told him to take these people to buy groceries. And this was probably late, early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Well, of course, mom knows her economics, so she knew exactly how much they spent even to this day. They went and got a, bug, a buggy full of stuff and spent $200 in the 80s. So it probably took two buggies. And Daddy was like, "Hey, man, thank you, Lord. God is good. Fed, fed, fed the birds, we're going to be okay. We're going to pay our bills. We're going to trust in the Lord. And so he gets back in the car after carrying the groceries in to this family and helping these people out. And he gets back in the car and he drives down the road. Turned around, came around the block, and he's frustrated. I'm in the back seat going, why is he acting like this? He does the same thing when he's out in the yard, walking around looking in the sky. He's frustrated. What's going on here? Pulls up to the house, gets out, and he's like, he's breathing, Lord oh, God, you better be right. He walks up the door, and the guy comes back out, and he said, God told me to give you this, because what had happened was the guy had called him and asked him for one thing. He said, can I have $20? And that's all dead that he had left in his pocket." And the $200 was probably what was remaining in the, in the checking account, and it was going to get tight, right? Oh, but Diddy, Diddy could have rationalized and debated with God and said, I got two kids, I got to pay my bills. And we think about Abraham and Isaac. And Abraham said, Come on with me. Come trust God. Come on up this hill with me. Carry them sticks, by the way. Here, lay down for a minute. Let me tie you up. Hey, yo, Dad, what's up? What, what, what am I, What's going on here? And what did Abraham say? And that's why that place is called Jirah, Jehovah Jireh, that, that place. All sufficiency. And he said the Lord will provide himself. I'm confident in telling you that if you just lean in to God's precepts, if you just lean in to knowing when we say God is good, when we say that He is all-sufficient, trust that. It makes no sense. in, In your physical realm, it doesn't make sense, but you can't walk in your physical realm because if you did, it would probably have been easier just to stay home tonight, right? The way some of us feel. But lean in and say, God, I'm going to trust you fully. And I'm going to be an intentional giver. Because, you know, I'll tell you this. And I believe this because I've I've watched it manifest. I want us as a body of believers, as members of this house, to start saying, we're debt-free. This place is paid for. The next vision is funded. The intent of what God has in store for us will be manifested when we action our faith. And our faith will be something that will be, be sustainable, not just for here and now, but for the next generation. When we prove God, we prove it in the, in the eyes of these children. We prove God, we prove it in the eyes of the world. When we prove God, they see something they don't see in the world. They see the light inside of us that says, why are you different? Why, why don't you struggle? We do. We do. We're not perfect, right? We're not perfect. That's why we glaze over some of those some of those things in the Bible that we want to judge everybody else against. That's where we're not perfect because we need to we need to learn to course correct what, and what and I got that out of my notes from what you said Sunday. We've got some course correcting to do in our lives. We've got some thought processes to change in our life and that's why What I started out with was Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the good and perfect and acceptable will of God is. We've got to be perfect in our giving. We've got to be acceptable in God's eyes and knowing, hey, that's a small portion in comparison to what you bless us with. We're blessed with peace. We're we're blessed with health. We're, We're blessed with joy. We're blessed with opportunity. And 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 I, I want you to know that. In 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 our giving, if we if we if we begin to hold back and we begin to take a mindset the way the world does. Um, we're we're going to be challenged by some of the things the world is offering us. The best place for me to have a conversation with somebody is at the gas pump, because everybody's emotional. I'm not. My my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory, right? So it it doesn't matter. We don't want to see it. It doesn't matter if gas is $5 a gallon because he's going to make a way. It doesn't matter if if milk, and I did see somebody in the family smelling milk on Sunday after we talked about that. I don't drink milk anymore. Anyway, um, it doesn't matter if milk goes up to $5 a gallon. I've heard it prophesied that it's going to. Uh, It doesn't matter. My God supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory. I've got to be connected to that. I've got to trust in that. I've got to walk that out and believe it. And no matter what, don't be afraid and don't be ashamed. Amen? So be it.
0: amen we're all we're all um products of that Uh, it's, it's like i shared about my daddy that's one thing my daddy taught me and i shared that the other week but he was always faithful to the tithe and to the offering and god always took care of our family and i'm grateful great word and um be a doer of the word and not a hearer only amen yeah so um let me give you let me give you something to um that, that was sprung on us today and this is be a good opportunity for you to 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 practice a little bit. I'm not trying to get money. God's got money, okay? But um and he's gonna provide. But today Caleb's air condition went out. Yeah, at his house. And it's not good when you're pregnant. <laughs> nope. Honey <laughs> said, nope. It's not good when it's eighty. And the air condition goes kaboom. And um, so we had to buy an air conditioner today, $3,500 to get the baby cool. But, um, you know, I just, I didn't it, didn't, it didn't phase me a lick. You know, it just, Caleb called me, he said, um, my air condition has gone out, I believe. I said, well, maybe it's the fan motor. And he went, well, I said, let's get Carl over there to check it and see, see, what, um, see what it is. And Carl came this morning, and we were out there working, and he looked at me and just shook his head, and he said, it ain't the fan motor. He said, it, it's the whole thing. But listen, let me show you how good God is. It's 35 years old. <laughs> the unit's 35 years old. Huh? Older stuff's better. <laughs> Johnny said, "Older stuff's better." Thirty-five years old. That's like that's like the shoes never wore out. Amen. So um, so we got the goody out of that one for sure. But if you would like to give toward that, if you'd like to sew on that, just you can put it just put on there. AC. And it'll go to help pay for that. I'm not begging for money. God's got it. You know my heart. I just wanted it. When William talking about that, I just, I just, here's a great opportunity. If You just want to throw a little seed out there. If you write on your envelope, air conditioned, it'll go, it'll go. But it's, it's um, we, well, it's not paid for yet, but it'll be paid for in the morning. And, and, and I told, Caleb said, what we're going to do. I called Scott because Scott's finance, said What we're going to do? I said, we're going to do it and go on. Got to have air conditioning. The baby needs some air. <laughs> Amen. So, God bless you. Huh? For Caleb's well-being. Well <laughs> I was going to get him a palm, a palm tree to sit there and give honey. Yep, stand together. Lord, thank you for truth. And Lord, many of us have experienced it. And God, I thank you, I thank you, and it's only because of you, God, that greed and choking a dollar, God, I thank you that that's not a part of us. And God, I thank you for a church that gives. God, when we look at how you have blessed us and how this church is given, Lord, I'm blown away by the heart of these people to bless the kingdom of God. And God, I don't have to preach about finances. We do because it's a principle that we learn and we grow from. But God, I've never had to stand. Brother Wayne never had to stand and beg for money because this church, God, gives. This church gives exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask or think. And Lord, I thank you that we are we are debt. We release that We are out of debt. And it's just a matter of time before that's manifested. And, Lord, we will have a bonfire around here, and we will burn the last note of this house because, God, you are faithful. And I thank you. Thank you for it. Let it penetrate our hearts. And, Lord, for those who are still struggling in this, I pray that, that you would just just pour into them you can be confident I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Trust me. Trust me. Try me. Prove me, said the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't contain. God, you are faithful. And I bless you. And I bless this precious house in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have an awesome, awesome rest of the week. See you Sunday morning.